Heavenly Father, that is who you are. A way maker, a promise keeper, a miracle worker, light in the darkness. We thank you for bringing us here. We thank you for all that you do. Even when we can't see it and we can't feel it, we know that you are still working. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. If you were to do a Google search for weight loss pills, you would get over 150 million results in under a second. Millions of websites making the promise of a better body by just taking a pill. Even more stunning is the fact that we buy into it. Last year, over 33 billion billion dollars were spent on various weight loss products. Yet, at the same time, the FDA reports that 39.6% of Americans are overweight. Isn't that crazy? I think the conclusion we can all come to is that th in this world is full of miracle cures that never deliver on what they promise. In fact, most of us are skeptical when something seems too good to be true. So, with this in mind this morning, I'm going to offer you something to radically improve your life in every single way. It'll make you happier, healthier, more fulfilled. Now, before you think this starts to sound like an infomercial, consider this. The reason so many people go for that miracle weight loss pill, even when they know that it's not going to work, is because deep down, we all want to be the best version of life possible. We were created by God with the desire to be fulfilled, to be happy, to live for something more than just our own stories. We're on a search for significance, for fulfillment. And today, I want to offer you a pathway towards the life that you have always wanted. And the good news is, it's not a pill, and I don't need your credit card number. But if you want to give it to me, talk to me later. So what is it that I'm talking about? It's one single word, generosity. See, today I'm going to start a three-week-long sermon series called The Generous Life. And I'm going to show you from Scripture how living generously can open up the floodgates to the best version of life possible. And it can set you on a path to happiness, purpose, and impact. But before I start, I just want to take a moment to thank Riza, Edwin and Janelle, Brandon, Jason, Julian, and Carrie 
for filling in while I took some time off. They did an amazing job. Made me almost a little nervous to get back up here. And it's amazing that we have such talent within our church that I have that ability to be able to take some time off when I have a murder trial coming up to, to focus on work, the day job, and not have to necessarily worry about getting up here and preaching. Every single one of those had never preached here before. Some of them had never preached at all before. But they did amazing jobs. So give them another round of hands so, to thank them from me for what they did. Now before we get going, I want to take a moment to tell you what generosity is not. It's not about your money. Because you were probably already thinking, oh great, another sermon series on money. Shouldn't have come today. I've been there for those series, and I know what you're thinking about. But generosity has to do with so much more than just your money. Is money a part of it? Of course it is. But a generous life is about being generous in a variety of ways. So stop for a minute. And let's think about the different ways that we can be generous. We can be generous with our thoughts. Are we generous in the way that we think about people around us? Have you ever seen someone in the grocery store, and the first thought that comes to your mind is, what in the world is wrong with that person? Why in the world are they dressed like that? Maybe it's Walmart's a better scenario to think about that in. But the Bible talks about loving others as ourselves. But, but how often, if we're honest, how often do we give the people around us the benefit of the doubt? But we also need to consider the way that we think about ourselves. Before we can think about others the way that God thinks about them, we need to view ourselves through God's lens. Negative self-talk is always a reflection of an incorrect view of God. We can also be generous with our words. Proverbs says, Careless words stab like a sword, but the words of the wise bring healing do you use your words to bring healing to the people around you or do you tear them down do you build people up too often i think we do the opposite we can also be generous with our money you see every time we give financially it softens our heart and we become more like Jesus. Because giving takes the focus away from me and puts it on others. We can also be generous with our influence. Most of us would not be here today if someone hadn't made the choice to be generous with their influence. I think of my spiritual mentors. I wouldn't be here if they hadn't been generous with their influence over me. We all have influence. We all have networks. We all have connections. The question is, are we using those to bless others? 
We can also be generous with our time. Sometimes the best thing we can do for someone else is to take the time to stop and help them. To stop and listen to them. Even to stop and celebrate with them. So are you using your time in a generous way? We can also be generous with our attention. We live in a world that's operating with an attention deficit disorder. But we can be generous with our, with our attention by giving it to those in need. When we're with our children or our spouse, are we really with them or, or are we on our phones? Are we fully present when we're in a conversation with someone else? And finally, we can be generous with our belongings. We all have stuff, often a lot of stuff, that we could use to bless others in creative ways. I remember this last Christmas when we were helping the homeless. I had a tent and a sleeping bag at home that I haven't been camp camping in a while. I'd love to go camping again, but I haven't been camping in a while. So I gave that tent and sleeping bag away to someone who actually needed it, not just wanted it. We all have stuff that we don't really need. How can we use that stuff to bless others? You get the point here? Generosity is about far more than your money. It's about taking your entire life, everything that you are and everything that you own, and using it to bless the people around you. And since generosity isn't about money, I can also make this statement. Generosity is for everyone. Not just for the rich. It's not just for the poor. Everyone can be generous. You don't have to be rich to be a giver. And let me give you a spoiler for the rest of this series. Let me tell you what the requirements are to be generous. It's actually not that complicated. There are two steps, two requirements. Identify an opportunity and take action. All it takes. Find an opportunity and take action. It is really just that simple. Your life can be tran completely transformed by the power of generosity. If you're willing to become intentional about identifying the opportunities around you and taking action on those opportunities. And here's a bonus. If you do this, you will have a tremendous impact on the world around you. Because the path to a generous life is awareness, action, and impact. So over the next three weeks, we're going to unpack these ideas. And I can't wait to see how God is going to transform your life and the life of this church in the process. So today, we're going to start with the first step on a path towards a generous life. And it all starts with this. Awareness. 
are you aware of what's going on around you? Stop and think about how many, uh, how many things we experience in a given day. The sights, the sounds, the taste, the touches, the smells that are all around us. If we were to try to count the number of how often we use our senses in a day, it'd be impossible. Our senses never stop working, even when we're asleep. We're literally sensing things all of the time. We live in a perpetual state of sensory overload. And because of this, our brains are working overtime to categorize those senses that come to us. Which is why I don't know if I'm the only one this happens to, but how I can brush my teeth in the morning and then about five minutes later wonder, wait a minute, did I brush my teeth? I don't think it's because I'm getting old. I think it's because I'm just doing it out of rote, you know, I'm just doing it over, over and over again each day, and I just don't think about it. Too many senses so that my brain starts to feed out some of the things that are going on because there's just too much for us to deal with. If you're not convinced, let me give you an experiment without looking around you. Who are the last 10 people that you saw today? Who are the last five people that you talked to? And what did you talk to them about? See, we're experiencing things every day without actually being aware of those things. Yet, when we look in Scripture, we see Jesus as a person who never seemed to miss a moment. He had an uncanny way to maximize the opportunities for impact and generosity. Today, I want to share one of those today. It's found in Mark chapter 5, and it says, When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please, please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Now let me give you a little context into what's going on in this story. Because this comes right after Jesus had healed a man possessed by demons. An intense encounter. And he's taking a boat across the lake to the other side, but a large crowd's already there waiting for him. He barely had time to get out of the boat when a very prominent and influential religious leader comes to him falls at his feet and and begs him to come heal his daughters. One of those moments that no one could miss is right there in front of your face. It's an urgent situation. The religious leader named Jairus has a daughter who's sick. She's near death. And Jairus has 
just one request of Jesus. Come to my house and heal my daughter. And Jesus responds exactly how we think he would. He drops what he's doing and immediately goes with Jairus. But this is where the story starts to get interesting. We pick it up, it says, A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was free from suffering. Jesus, here you have Jesus heading towards a very obvious opportunity to minister. When he's confronted by a much more subtle situation. A woman in the crowd has been bleeding for 12 years. She's gone to the doctors. She spent everything she had. They've promised her solutions, but nothing has worked. And as Jesus walks by in the crowd, this woman makes a bold and desperate decision. She reaches out and touches the bottom edge of Jesus' clothes. And as soon as she does, she's miraculously healed. It's important to not miss the context. Jesus is headed towards an urgent opportunity. An opportunity that's obvious. It involves important and influential people. Time is of the essence. But right there in the middle of that opportunity, he encounters another opportunity. So small and subtle that none of us would have blamed him if he just kept walking. But look at how Jesus responds. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Do you see the people crowding around you? His disciples answered. And yet, you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear. Told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. One of the most profound passages in Scripture as it relates to living a generous life. 
Jesus turned around to the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? And what he's doing, he's, he's demonstrating a remarkable awareness. In the middle of an urgent moment, in the middle of a large crowd, Jesus doesn't miss the opportunity. The disciples are completely shocked by his response. They can't believe that in a crowd of people bumping up against them that there was something so insignificant that Jesus would notice. Especially when compared to Jairus and his daughter because he's important. And I think the disciples were probably asking the same question I often find myself asking as I read this verse. How in the world did Jesus do that? How was he so aware of what was happening around him that he didn't miss a moment to be generous to this woman? And it's an important question for us because we are followers of Jesus. He is our blueprint, our example for how we're to live in this world. If Jesus was aware of the needs of others, then this needs to be our goal as well. And most of us live incredibly busy lives. And much like this story, we have things coming at us from every direction. And some of those things are incredibly important, urgent even. Some of the things involve important people. Some of the things are right there in our face. Yet, how do we, as followers of Jesus, have the same level of awareness that Jesus had when it came to this woman? I want you to understand why this question is so important. Because it's tied to a principle that we must, we, we have to understand. And it's this, awareness activates generosity. Without awareness, we're not going to be generous. We have to be aware of the needs of those around us for us to ever have any chance of being generous. So the first step to living a generous life is to become more aware of what's happening around us. People who are successfully living a generous life seem to always have their antennas up for things like this. The disciples in the story were, were actually correct because everyone was bumping into Jesus. Every, there were other people touching Jesus. In the same way, we are intersecting with people all of the time. People are coming in and out of our life. But unless we develop the ability to be aware, then we will never be able to be truly generous. But how do we do it? How do we become aware of the needs around us? Today I want to give you 
one new habit to help you increase your awareness. If you add this one thing to your daily routine, it will give, help us to have the awareness that we need to live a generous life. And it's simply this. Each and every morning, ask God to make you more generous, to help you to be aware of the things around you. This little daily prayer will absolutely change your life. Because prayer is essential if we're going to become aware of the opportunities around us. Because our world is loud and noisy. And we're going to need a little bit of help to tune our hearts to the opportunities that God has for us. I love what it says in Romans chapter 12. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. Paul is inviting us to let God transform us by changing the way that we think. Because awareness always begins with a shift in perspective. Always begins. We need, to give, we need God to give us a new perspective. Because it's human nature to walk through life in selfie mode. Self-centeredness is our default setting. We need to start developing awareness by spending time with God, with the God who created our hearts to be generous in the first place. Imagine if we started each and every day with a simple prayer, something like this. God, I want to be generous. I want to experience the joy that comes from being generous. I ask that today an opportunity to be generous will come my way, that I will recognize it when it does, and that I will have the courage to jump in and give. I promise you this. If you make this commitment to pray this prayer each and every morning, you will be absolutely amazed at the opportunities for generosity that pop up all around you. And here's the secret. Those opportunities, they were there all along. The only difference is you're now aware of them. The prayer aligns our heart with God's heart. And it changes our perspective so we can live with a Holy Spirit-driven awareness each and every day. Today I want to end by telling you a story about this type of awareness. You guys remember Sandra? I miss Sandra. November 7th, 2019 was the day she died. I was reading I when we got to baptize her. 
and it's also her Facebook page. When she passed away, her profile picture and her background both said, I love my church. She loved this place. She finally found a home, a home that she was always looking for. But do you know the story how she got here? Miss Bonita over there, hiding in the corner. Miss Bonita met Sandra as a substitute teacher. She became friends with Sandra. And Bonita learned at one point that Sandra was homeless. Bonita came to us as a church and said, we have to do something to help her. She wasn't a member. She'd never even been here, but we helped to get her housing. In fact, it was a long-term hotel right out here across the parking lot. We helped to get her back on her feet. Sandra told Benita about how the church she belonged to, how it had hurt her so many times. And Benita told her, well, you need to come home, and home is my church. Sandra finally agreed to come, but it happened to be a week that Benita couldn't be here. So Sandra came by herself, knowing not a single person here. But like we always do, we welcomed her with open arms. And she told Benita, she now knew what Benita meant about coming home. She joined this church. Man, I miss her hugs. Sandra found a home. And the reason why is because Benita was aware of a need. She knew when to be generous, and she was able to do that because she was aware of the needs around her. How did Benita stumble into this story? The answer is awareness, and in fact, she didn't stumble into the story. I didn't ask Benita this, but I would guarantee you that she prays that prayer or something very similar to it every morning. To open her eyes to the needs around her so that she can be generous to someone. Benita's not a rich person, but she probably gives more than almost all of us give. She puts little... Ziploc bags of, of applesauce and, and a water and a, and a, a, a protein bar and, and a little track and generally some money, her own money. And she keeps them in her car at all times. Whenever she sees somebody at the corner panhandling, she gives those out. She is one of the most generous people I know. I want to be like her one day, and I hope we all want to be like her. See, she has a perspective that created awareness. And when God needed Bonita to reach out to help Sandra, Bonita was ready to go. She was willing, ready, and able when God showed her the need. Are you ready? 
Are you ready to be used by God? Are you aware of what's going on around you? You may have co-workers that are far from God that may just need someone to talk to. Maybe a friend or maybe a family member. Are you ready? Are you aware of what's going on? If, if you're not a member, maybe you're just seeking and you don't quite know who Jesus is, are you ready to build that relationship with him? Are you ready to devote your life to living a life that Jesus wants you to live? Are you ready? Heavenly Father, I want to experience the joy that comes from being generous. I ask that today an opportunity to be generous will come my way and that I will recognize it when it does and that I will have the courage to jump in, to be aware of it, and to be generous, no matter what it is. Help me to be ready. In Jesus' name.